Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Good morning. Thank you for uh, coming out today. So we just want to give an update on our body camera pilot project. Uh, we did training Saturday night for the afternoon shift of the Bravo District. That's where our pilot project is going to be operated. We chose B District, number one, for proximity to headquarters. And secondly, we chose the afternoon shift because they work where we would get both daytime as well as nighttime video so we could get a true test of the camera technology and all types of lighting conditions. The cameras were deployed on Sunday um, at the St. Patrick's Day Parade. We had approximately 16 officers that attended the training and were equipped with the cameras and we started to collect some video footage uh, as of Sunday afternoon. The pilot project is being conducted with one of two vendors at this time. The first company we will run the pilot for approximately two months. At the end of that pilot project, we will then transition to a second vendor to test their technology as well as their back-end support services that come with the body cameras. That project will run as well for two months with the same group of officers so that we can get a true and accurate depiction on the hardware, which ones the officers like better in terms of how it mounted to their uniforms, how easy it was to activate, deactivate, and then also, very important, how easy it is for us on the back end to go in, retrieve video, make copies, do redaction, and other things that will be necessary as part of the project. The at the end of the four months, we will then put together a panel to review not only the video, but as well as a solution. We will also be working with the Erie County District Attorney's Office, who I met with, regarding our use of video, how copies of video and other things that they will need will be presented to them, how their workflow process is going to occur. And after all those decisions are made, then a report will be handed to the Commissioner of Police who ultimately make the decision whether or not we go down the road of purchasing these for the entire patrol division. Uh, at this time, I'll take some questions. How were the officers chosen for training? Are they across tactical divisions or No, it's strictly the patrol officers who work the afternoon shift in B District. We wanted to keep it within one platoon. How successful was it with those officers using them on Sunday? You know, we just started looking at some of the video. Um, it is extremely high quality video and audio. Uh, it definitely uh, worked. Right now we are working on, it, it's a very complicated process. It's not just a matter of putting one of these on the officer and they flip it on, they flip it off. We have to be able to account for every video that's taken. And the way that that's being done is through what's called a CAD RMS integration. CAD stands for Computer Aided Dispatch, RMS is Records Management System. So what the our goal, our hope with this project is that when the officer works a shift, at the end of the shift, the officer comes back, they take the camera off, and they put it inside of a docking station. Once it's docked, the video is uploaded to a cloud. The 
cloud solution then is supposed to marry up with our CAD RMS and figure out what video goes to what calls. Because then as video is needed, we can find it based on calls for service. Everything inside of the police department is tracked by a CD number. Um, that's the only way this would make sense, is that we could have it where it automatically marries the two together so that when we have to go back and retrieve video for court or any other purpose, we can do it by a CD number, which is how in the police department we track everything. So that part is still has some bugs that we're working out. It's extremely technical in how that's done. It's way above my head. But our vendor for both our CAD as well as the camera vendor, uh, even this morning, are still working on getting that process to work well. What kind of response are you getting from officers on the state for using? You know, when we did the training Saturday, uh, we, like I said, we hit about 16 officers, I believe. And it's kind of mixed reviews. It's a new technology, and like all new technology, there's concerns what it's going to be used for, how it's going to be used. But as we've stressed to the officers, it's an evidence collection device. That's what it is. It's there to protect the officers. It's there to protect members of the public. And it's there to give a accurate, unbiased depiction of what occurred in any particular situation. It is not the end-all, be-all. Um, as we saw just in some of the video that was shot over the weekend, depending on proximity that the officer is to the person that they're dealing with, the video could be uh, a black screen. You still capture some audio. Um, it's not like it's shot from a uh, stance like where you guys are. It's not video that's being shot from 10 feet away that captures an entire surrounding of a circumstance. So I think that officers are open to it. I, the officers we trained were excited to test the technology. But again, it's like any new uh, tool that we introduce. Until they become comfortable with it, there's always going to be some level of uh, question in terms of how it's going to work for them. Does it change the demeanor, do you think, of an officer knowing that they're, you know, they, they per se aren't on video, but they're, they're, their communications are constantly being recorded. It must change. You know, people don't like that generally. Um, to a certain extent, I, I would say it's definitely going to be something that they have to be aware of. Um, do I think it's going to change it? I, not, not that much. We have an extremely professional police department. Uh, as has been said many times, Every day our officers go out there, they put their lives on the line, they work hard, they're professional, and they do the best job that any officers can do anywhere in the country. Um, do I think that it will cause some of them to uh, have concern about how they're going to be viewed? Of course, but that's true for any person that's suddenly going to have their entire workday on video. But do I have concerns that it's going to suddenly make officers not want to do their job or alter how they do it? No. What about the amount of stuff that It does, and one of the interesting things is this particular camera, this vendor, has like four different mounting options. So as you were saying, um, the problem that we're finding, and it came true Saturday night in the training, was where this thing gets mounted. So as you see, most of our officers wear an outer bullet-resistant vest. Uh, it's a black canvas uh, device that you see them wearing outside. This vendor makes a mount that actually goes under the vest, and through a clip system provides an access point for the camera to be mounted. You want the camera mounted kind of center chest, almost where my tie clip sits, so that it's kind of a head-on view of what the officer's doing. Um, we found out Saturday, based on different heights and sizes of officers, 
that that wasn't going to work based on the way the vests are designed. So then you have to become creative in how you exactly attach this to an officer's uniform. And you have to uh, be cognizant of the fact that if you mount it to, say, a jacket and the officer unzips her jacket, well, suddenly now the camera might can't to the right or to the left, depending on where it's mounted. So it is a concern, and that is part of the pilot project to figure out exactly how this technology will fit in with our officers. There were a couple that um, we intentionally have wearing with just a normal clip, alligator style clip, and having them clip it to different places to see how that video works. But again, it, it is a concern, and it's a matter of trying the different uh, options that are available from vendors. Is uh, this going to be public? Is it going to be able to be public uh, viewing, or uh, is it just going to stay within your personnel department? Uh, the video will stay internally. Um, if it's a video of an investigation or arrest, it's a piece of evidence. I anticipate at some point of the pilot we will make some of the video available of non-enforcement-based actions just so that uh, members of the media and the public can kind of see what the cameras look like. But again, people have to an evidence collection device. This is no different, the video shot on this is no different than a suspect statement. It's no different than collection of a piece of evidence at a scene. So we respect the rights and privacy of the citizens as well as our officers in terms of their actions and we don't want to do anything that's going to jeopardize a potential court case because suddenly we're putting video footage out and making uh, one party seem guilty before they've had their day in court. Is that what it's well, I'm sorry, he's, his hand up. How is the camera activated? Uh, the camera is activated simply by the officer just sliding this little button down. That turns the recording on. And when they slide it up, it turns the recording off. All the different uh, cameras out there are activated similarly. Some have just a push button on the front, some have it on the side, some have it on the top. Uh, this particular vendor, it's a slide activated system. So when is the recording activated? Is it all times when they're out? No. So the camera itself is constantly what they call buffering. So the camera records video and uh, I'm sorry, video constantly. And it's every 30 seconds deletes the video. So when an officer is responding to a call for service and they get out of the car and they flip the camera on, it's actually going to start the recording 30 seconds before they actually turned it on. The audio won't start until the officer actually clicked the camera on. So the first 30 seconds of the video has no audio, and then from there the uh, audio and video runs until the officer shuts it off. Our policy right now, which is still a work in progress, it's a draft policy. We've looked at body camera policies from all over the country in terms of when the officers should and shouldn't use them. And uh, to not get too far in the weeds, basically if the officer is responding to a call for service or taking some type of enforcement action, we expect that the cameras would be turned on. Are there instances when you would expect them not to be turned on? Yes, yeah, so if they're talking to any type of victim who does not wish to be recorded, if they're dealing with uh, juvenile victims, if they're dealing with sex offense victims, if the officers are inside of a hospital or a church or a place where there's an expectation of privacy, then the cameras generally wouldn't be on. They also will not be used inside of our <laughs> station houses and other places uh, because, again, that is a place of business. And there's really, unless there's something critical going on, not expected that an uh, officer would record, say, in a locker room or break room type environment. So what's deleting every 30 seconds, so you're only getting 30-second No, no, no. Once the camera is turned on, the recording stays on for as long as the officer keeps it on. I, I believe that this particular vendor can hold up to 12 hours of video. 
What's the cost per officer? How many do you have right now? We have, I believe, 16. We have some officers that we still have yet to train. Their schedules, they just didn't happen. We're working on Saturday. So we're anticipating deploying approximately 26 of them over the two-month period. In terms of cost per officer, we're still learning that. I can tell you that the cameras range anywhere from 400 to to $1,000 each. It really is the storage that's the big um, factor in terms for any agency. The camera is a one-time purchase. The storage is a recurring cost. We A uh, couple things that we found out already that we didn't anticipate are internet speed and data ability from the B district and all of our station houses back to the internet was not big enough to handle the video. So we found out that there's going to be an incurred cost now at every single district station house for both front-end equipment as well as paying for extra uh, data plans that we currently don't need as part of the project. So to say cost, we anticipate somewhere between $1.1 to $1.5 million a year. But again, that's part of the bill is figuring out all those little hidden costs that we haven't factored yet. Yes? How is the data like collected? Do they download the cameras at the end of their shift? Yeah, so in, in the station house, there's a bank charger that holds 10 of these. Those chargers are connected online. So at the end of an officer's shift, they take the camera off. All they simply do is open the little uh, connection port. They stick it inside the bank charger. They go home. While it's in the charger, it downloads the video as well as recharges the camera. So then the video is removed from the device, and it goes up into the, the cloud storage. The storage is extremely secure. Anytime... There's certain permissions that are set, so officers can review their video, but it's not America's Funniest Home Video. They can't start reviewing their partner's video. They can't burn a copy of it. They can't duplicate it. There's only right now one person that has access to do that within the department. Uh, same thing, any time a video is viewed or shared or a copy is made, there's what's called an audit trail. Because, again, as we said, everything on that camera is a piece of evidence. So it allows us to track who accessed it, when, reasons why it was accessed, and even when it's shared, we can follow it further to see where it was played, what time, how many times, those types of things. A few more questions, a few more. Is the vendor taking care of the security of the um, cloud system? Yes, that's part of the solution, and that was part of our bid process was to have a vendor that had uh, a cloud solution that met a whole bunch of different security requirements for us. If there's like a pressing incident that happens, how soon could you get the video or well, what we there's one of two ways. This particular vendor has a Bluetooth solution, so it allows the officer from their smartphone to access to view video that's inside the camera yet to be downloaded. If there was a critical incident, we would take the camera back to the station house, dock it, and then it would upload. Depending on the length of video, depends on how long the upload process takes. Um, well, that's another issue. It's all based on retention policy. So currently we're looking at local departments in both Erie and Niagara County to see what their retention periods are, as well as other parts of the country. I can tell you that um, we're fact figuring that that storage is going to be somewhere between 30 days and forever, meaning that if an officer shoots you know, a piece of video that has no evidentiary value, there's really no need to keep the video. And I'll just give you an example. Uh, officers walking down the street and somebody walks up to him or her and says, officer, can I talk to you? And they decide to activate the camera. And the person says, can you tell me where 
Tim Hortons is. Uh, yeah, it's two blocks up on the right. They shut the camera off. I don't really need to pay to store that video for the next 100 years. If it's an arrest, obviously the video would be kept through the entire court process. And if it's a serious felony, say a murder or something of that effect, uh, I anticipate that video would be kept forever because it would become part of the case file. Maki, Maki you had a question? Yeah, do you, have you come up with a specific policy about, about footage being released in the case of a police-involved um, uh, shooting or death? Is there, I know some, some departments, they, they will put it out right away or within you know, three or four days. Well, I can tell you, I, I don't know any departments in New York State that are doing that right away, um, especially especially locally. Um, I don't, well, New York City just started their, their program. Right. So I can tell you that I, I have spoken with the Erie County DA's office, and as I said, if it is video of an arrest or a critical incident, at this time we are not going to release that video simply because, again, it's part of... Uh, evidence it's, it's a chain of custody issue and to start putting out evidence before somebody's even been arrested or had their day in court really becomes uh, prejudicial to that person even if it's like an active Well, that's something we would put out, but I, I don't know that showing a video would necessarily have any more impact than us telling somebody about a situation. And again, you have to keep in mind, it's not that quick to get the video off of the camera. Also, the officers who are doing it, did they volunteer, or is it the whole platoon? That's it's it's both afternoon platoons at B District. And again, that was chosen based on proximity to headquarters, as well as the fact that uh, afternoon shifts work during daytime as well as nighttime hours, and we wanted to get... Um, video of both day and night operations. You said it's 24 officers? Or 27? I believe in totality it's 26 officers that will eventually be equipped. And then when the pilot ends, the, you know, how many would you anticipate deploying? Um, I think that if we were to eventually make the decision to purchase this, it would be a matter of purchasing one for every patrol officer. That number is somewhere between 500 and 550 officers. Captain Ronaldo, would that be phased in process how would that work yeah I would anticipate just uh, again due to uh, budgetary uh, reasons as well as all the work that's needed to be done at the station houses in terms of upgrading equipment and internet speeds we would phase it in probably district by district according to how busy they are I'm sorry according to how busy they are no just basically take a station house and then get everything working the way it should be at that station and then kind of move out so obviously if we started this in B we kind of already have the internet stuff, so that would be the first one, and then we would just kind of go from there. So two final things. Uh, Captain Ronaldo mentioned B District, the Central District, uh, located at Maine in Tupper. That's where the officers are starting the pilot project using them. Captain Ronaldo, can you just uh, finish just with maybe the history, the, the ch you, you touched a little bit, but the challenges, the issues that other departments, agencies have faced through the years with the body cameras up until this point? Sure. Well, as I can tell you, it is a newer technology. Although it's been out there for 10 years, the technology is quickly evolving. Almost every couple months, there's some new vendor on the market with the latest and greatest. Some of the departments I've talked to, both locally as well as nationally, uh, they made a purchase decision, and within three or four months, the next upgrade came out or the next better generation camera and suddenly they found themselves going whoops we should have waited so from a standpoint for our department we don't want to be on the bleeding edge of the technology we want to be on the cutting edge and we definitely saw for a time period not only was the technology and the devices themselves changing rapidly but the back-end solution in terms of how the video stored 
categorized was changing. Initially, there was no way to sync up the video with the calls for service, meaning at the end of the shift, the officer would have to come into the station house, plug the camera in, download all their video, could take an hour or two, and then they would have to go into the videos and tag them, saying basically what call for service it was, what time, what date, is extremely laborious, and it would mean that we would have a lot of officers not out on the street but inside of station houses waiting to download and tag video. So thankfully in the last uh, year or two, the technology has evolved where now this can be done seamlessly behind the scenes, allowing the officers to spend time on patrol and not sitting at a computer terminal. We all good? Thank you, everybody. All-Star Closer, Kenley Jansen, we have a question. What's the best podcast of all time? Baseball isn't boring, baby. I'm Rob Bradford, and every single day I'm sitting down with the biggest names to show you this great game is the greatest game. It's my podcast. It's my passion. It's a cause I started more than two years ago and is now the most prolific national daily baseball pod. There is another fact, so jump aboard the B.I.B. Express. Follow and listen to Baseball Isn't Boring, presented by Wasabi Hot Cloud Storage on the free Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts.